hello there uh welcome back to another episode of gear speaks gear talks gear chatters gear reads gear vents gear gear sips of a coffee gear does the things that make it a pot to be did it you know what i mean which is usually not all that often actually which is upsetting but that's neither here nor there um <laughs> back with another episode and another coffee because i'm a fiend i am a fiend i'm a confirmed fiend because like i just realized like after i made i made an iced coffee this time Ooh, this is the first episode where i'm having an iced coffee i usually have just like a warm coffee but i've been on an iced coffee kick regardless of how cold it is tonight i'm still out here with with the ice cubes yeah yeah with them ice cubes but anyway uh i realized that yeah i think i think despite having to go off of coffee for a while because my eye was twitching like not even like i think my eye is twitching thing it was like fucking hell my eye is fucking twitching and google said i wasn't dying so it was either i was sleep deprived or it was too much caffeine and obviously i sleep way too much so it was clearly coffee so i had to cut down and i've been on that on that mission for a couple of i think this is my third week really where i'm trying to like cut down on coffee and i think i can say for the most part i've been fairly successful in that rather not even just cut down on coffee but just like overall caffeine because switch as we all know (laughs) switch the energy drink has yeah it's definitely one of my it was after coffee it was my biggest my biggest drug as well so that's even more caffeine than coffee so it was a fucking disaster i was having at least two cups of coffee a day and at least one switch a day and a mess a horrible mess like you know what i'm thinking of something so fucking retarded right now i'm thinking yikes that's why it took so much water to get my pee to be like looking normal but (laughs) anyway that's a girl that's a girl but anyway um i realized i'm a fiend today after i made this 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 cup of iced coffee and i literally like was moaning at how good this shit is so that was scary i've reached very scary points mates please pray for me (laughs) pray for the girl pray pray for this fiend please because yo this coffee shit this listen this coffee shit might just wreck my whole existence but um on this episode here on this here episode today i felt like reading i really felt like reading i feel like reading and i don't quite know what to read so let's see what what we have on the laptop here to read let's see what we have um because i'm like obviously i have quite a quite a few books actually i have quite a few stuff i still want to read and not only just on the laptop i have someone um, on the tablet as well so it's just a mess really um it's a mess because there's books everywhere and i have another running list of books i need to download and books i'd really like to buy because they are chair making the girl buy books uh which i should really because i mean 
they, like like nothing really beats a hard copy of a book means like i've been trying with this pdf thing and that's why i haven't been reading as much as i would like to because of this whole pdf conundrum so it's been a fucking mess in terms of that um okay funny story hilarious story i'm gonna sound like a comedian right now because for some reason i can't find um i can't find where i put my books and it's literally a folder called books to read books to read and i can't find it and it's gonna obviously be in the most obvious place ever documents okay i'm on downloads right now documents fine hi man where's my things (laughs) mates where's my shit because i'm seeing books and there is yes books i recognize i'm familiar with it but there's also books to read so like where's my shit though i'm stressing i am stressing where's my stuff okay there's 2018 academics code blocks it means projects oh my god where's my stuff (laughs) where's my stuff guys oh my god where's my shit i can't find my shit okay calm down when you are panicked your brain shuts down okay let me look for this shit found it and it was obviously in the most unlikeliest place but i had a feeling i did something this stupid because i realized that off of my desktop there's like desktop rather there's like one missing folder on my desktop like where it's supposed to be where i usually put it because like i usually put like not usually i always put usually always same thing why why anyway um i put the applications on like the left side of my desktop and then i put folders and files on the right side of my desktop and i make sure that i don't have more than four files and folders on my on my on my right side because it looks cluttered but anyway uh i realized that i probably moved my books to read for a folder into another one of my folders on the right side and that's exactly what i did so i found it found it uh i found it and yeah let's see what we can read superstitions and why we have them that would be interesting i've always wanted to read that uh david ike Ooh, when lost did we get into some good conspiracy but that's a bit it's a bit intense as well so i don't really i don't know if i want something that intense right now astrophysics for people in a hurry i don't know i don't know what do i feel like i feel like ooh, i feel like a little bit of a story but i don't think i have um stories like that i have the liar by Stephen Fry, which was a very good one, but I've already read it. Um, hmm. 
story of the outliers i mean things always things fall apart always slaps but i've already read that and i'm like trying to go a little bit longer without reading it so like you know can enjoy it and i'm pretty damn sure we we didn't read harry potter and the cursed child i know we didn't read harry potter and the cursed child like all of us i know i know we didn't like guys we when last did we read harry potter let's see what's going on in harry potter <laughs> let's see let's see this better not be borderline lame harry potter could never be lame but let's see um let's see what jk rowling did with this one the the cover looks a bit weird the cover looks quite odd quite odd um it's apparently a special rehearsed edition or something like that i'm not quite sure if this is what kind of format this is going to be in like is this going to be in like a play because i'm seeing like act one and shit and like um uh act one scene one oh <laughs> it definitely is in like kind of what do you call it it's a dialogue essentially it's dialogue format and i don't think i want to entertain that right now so goodbye to harry potter i'm not trying to get into it like that i'm not trying to be in there like that uh the outsiders i read so many years back and i really really liked it i really want to read it um but (laughs) the art of seduction by robert green i'm sure we've all heard of this one as well and I remember shitting on Robert Greene for so for a solid one or two years of my life. I remember shitting on him for a solid one or two years and I don't exactly know how I was shitting on him because I haven't read any of these shits so that's that's odd but like I think it, it was like the the titles of his books is just so sketchy to me like it feels weird when i see people read books that are like have such i don't know let's say let's just say provocative provocative titles because it's like i don't know man maybe not even maybe i'm probably quite judgy for thinking of it this way but like it kind of it it really it's it's just so tacky it's so tacky to be reading a book like the art of seduction i mean definitely you could read it and i don't know maybe there's like different ways you could apply it and like make it work for the greater good or something but still at the end of the day that's not what people that's not what i think of when i see the title the art of seduction i'm actually thinking you have a very specific agenda and that very specific agenda is tailored towards manipulating people because seduction manipulation doesn't necessarily those words don't necessarily have good connotations about them so every time i see something that is like that and you are voluntarily engaging in this thing it's like yeah i'm gonna avoid you and your existence because i think i can see what kind of a human being you might be and yeah i'd rather not affiliate with that but let's just let's just read it instead of being judgy 
let's really just read it instead of being judgy um so there's i like that i think it's a front cover and a back cover yeah uh published by penguin penguin books or rot so clearly this is this is good shit probably not just because it's published by penguins that by penguin doesn't mean it might be a good thing so the back cover said oh no you see what i fucking mean this is what i was talking about this is what i was talking about the book like at the the middle panel it's like divided into three panels i think the the two outer panels are like chapters of the book and then the middle panel is like basically the excerpt of the book like every other book does uh it says the middle part the excerpt says get what you want by manipulating everyone's greatest weakness the desire for pleasure you see my fucking point like this was my point like when you are voluntarily reading such things you you really do come across as having that kind of that kind of motive that kind of desire to manipulate manipulate people's pleasure or like 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 that kind of thing like it's uh, it's so tacky <laughs> it is so tacky like wow <laughs> it's so tacky but anyway uh seduction is the most subtle elusive and effective form of power it is as evident in john f kennedy's hold over the masses as it is in cleopatra's hold over antony now the author of the best seller the best selling the 48 laws of power which was another which was side note which is another book i was like listen the title of this is is like really but anyway uh the best selling the 48 laws of power has written a handbook synthesizing the classic literature of seduction from feud which was also another sketchy dude but probably easily misunderstood uh <laughs> from feud to care Kierkegaard, I think I've heard that name somewhere. Kierkegaard and Ovid to Casanova. I don't think I know like the story of Casanova. Um, with cunning strategies illustrated by the successes and failures of characters throughout history. And once again, Robert Greene identifies the rules of a time of a timeless, a moral game, a moral game, like a moral A-M-O-R-A-L a moral game and explores how to how to cast a spell break down resistance and ultimately compel a target to surrender <laughs> the art of seduction takes us through the 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 characters and qualities of 10 archetypal archetypal figures of seduction including the siren the ideal lover the dandy the natural the charismatic and the star at the 24 maneuvers by which anyone can overcome a victim's futile resistance to the practice of this devastating and timeless art form every bit is as essential as the 48 laws of power the art of seduction is an indispensable primer of persuasion that reveals one of history's greatest weapons and ultimate form of power that's the excerpt at the back and yeah it is it, it, it. <laughs> personally i think it's pretty damn obvious by all i've said so far about how i feel about this book's title and like what it kind of says about the people who voluntarily read them what i think me and my judgy ass thinks about these kinds of people it it like 
like I said, it's tacky. Definitely, like I was about to say, as you can tell, I think it's very, I think it's very obvious. You can tell that I have a little bit something against manipulating people and seducing people, especially when like it's in like the kind of the kind of form and the kind of energy I'm getting it getting it in right now from this book I'm not a fan at all that's probably why I shat on it so hard without even reading it I don't like right now I'm already like so turned off I'm like yeah I don't want to read this I really don't want to read this um but like as I'm already trying to think okay fine like I said initially maybe you could use it real world application like for the better for the greater good somehow I mean definitely my dama always says to me like i think you're gonna have to grow out of not wanting to play unfair because people play hella unfair and more specifically so like i'm being more specific towards like the jobscape as it is right now people don't play fair and so definitely you would need to arm yourself with, with as many tools as you can to to get where you want to go to get what you want and it's like but uh, i don't like it i'm not a fan and i'm thinking of that word right now that we saw that was amoral 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 i'm trying to get to the dictionary right now and see what the dictionary specifically says that that word means because i'm not sure and i don't want to say bullshit before i'm sure yeah amoral is unmoral it's lacking any sense of moral or standards or principles yeah immoral basically immoral the one we know i m m o r a l is the same as amoral which is a m o r a l so that's the word of the day the word of the day is amoral <laughs> yeah fake audience in the background but yeah i'm definitely getting a very amoral feeling about this book and i'm not a fan and i hate i already hate the jobscape because um i think i mentioned this before that yeah i'm finishing up in college now and it's time to look towards the jobscape because that's where you're heading that's where i'm heading and that's definitely not where i intend on staying forever but i kind of feel like you need to get into it for like I don't know to have some credibility of sorts but like I said that's not where I intend on staying forever but uh, you have to go into the jobscape you have to have all the tools you can because niggas is out here playing dirty and I hate it because now I have to join them because I can't beat them like that's really how it feels I feel like I have to now maybe i don't maybe not become them but adopt and embody some characteristics of this of this dirty landscape just so i can get ahead and get what i want i'm not a fan of that at all i absolutely hate the idea of that the concept of that so that's just it's a lot okay it's a lot for me and uh, like i said the back cover of the book has three panels and we just read the middle one the um, the two outer panels are like the chapters of the book i'm assuming and yeah 
Lesson two, chapter one is choose the right victim. Two, create a false sense of security approach indirectly. Three, send mixed signals. Four, appear to be an object of desire. Create tingles. Five, create a need. Stir anxiety and discontent. Six, master the art of insinuation. Seven, enter their spirit. Eight, create temptation. Nine, keep them in suspense. What comes next? Ten, use the demonic power of words to sow confusion. Eleven, pay attention to detail. Twelve, poeticize your presence. Thirteen, disarm through strategic weakness and and vulnerability. Fourteen, confuse desire and reality, the perfect illusion. 15. Isolate the victim. 16. Prove yourself. 17. Affect a regression. 18. Stir up the transgressive and taboo. Oh no, shit. Anyway. 19. Use spiritual lures. 20. Mix pleasure with pain. 21. Give them the space to fall. The pursuer is pursued. 22 use physical lures 23 master the art of bold, of the bold move 24 beware of the after effects like i'm already thoroughly thoroughly disgusted and thoroughly unhappy with like this whole book already i mean it's pretty damn clear why i was shitting on it now i remember oh no and i hadn't read this back in the day and i remember i wanted to make an episode about this a few months back about how how easily available these kinds of books are how easily available these sources about dark psychology are like it's, it's very unnerving to me how there's so much information with so much power that is so easily available and could end up in the wrong hands but then again, I also recognize that it's nobody's job and nobody's role and shouldn't be in anyone's hands whatsoever to monitor what other people read and indulge in and practice in their lives. Definitely, that's up to no one but individuals themselves. And I recognize that, but it's so scary that I'm sure there's people who use this as a Bible. Because like when I got to... Um, what was it stir up the transgressive and taboo like like chapter 18 stir up the transgressive and taboo that kind of triggered me because i definitely can see how that fucking works and oh it's disgusting i hate it it's disgusting it's disgusting i i'm not a fan let me I think I've said enough that I'm not a fan. I think I've said enough that it's disgusting. And naturally, I'm still trying to think of ways of how I could use this read productively for me and my existence. And definitely the only way I'm coming up with it right now is like, okay, fine, you learn about these, rather you read and maybe you learn, yeah. You read and you learn about these ways that people persuade and seduce you so you are aware of how people go about it and that you are more 
you are gonna be less susceptible to their seduction because you recognize what seduction comes as you recognize what it looks like before uh, you get you get twisted up in it too too heavily so yeah that's that's the the front and the back cover of this book let's maybe get into (laughs) the book itself do i really want to get into the book itself no i really don't (laughs) i really don't um it's also kind of odd because um maybe maybe i'm being hypocritical i was about to say it's odd because i am intrigued by um by dark psychology and how it could work but like i don't know why i'm so turned off by like it being in an actual book or being so easily accessible or like i don't like you know i don't know maybe maybe i'm being hypocritical most probably um let's see all right i'm scrolling into the book now I don't know if I'm missing integral parts here, but it looks like, yeah, it looks like contents page type indexing. Uh, should we go into the preface? 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 Preface. Oh, this is a long preface. So it's probably worth a read. It's probably worth a read. Um and it's divided the pages are like divided into two panels like one for the main content and then the other panel a smaller panel is like notes essentially side notes type thing and like yeah they alternate which side of the page they're on based off of like which page it is like every page alternates where the side notes are but anyway preface Thousands of years ago, power was mostly gained through physical violence and maintained with brute strength. There was little need for, su- for subtlety. A king or emperor had to be merciless. Only a select few had power, but no one suffered under the scheme of things more than women. They had no way to compete, no weapon at their disposal that could make a man do what they wanted, politically, socially, or even in the home. Of course, man, men had one weakness, their insatiable desire for sex. A woman could always toy with his desire, but once she gave in to the sex, the man was back in control. And if she withheld sex, he could simply look elsewhere or exert force. You mean rape, but okay. What was a good, what, what good was a power that was so temporary and frail, yet women had no choice but to submit to this condition? There were some, though, whose hunger for power was too great and who, over the years, through much cleverness and creativity, invented a way of turning the dynamic around, creating a more lasting and effective form of power. These women, these women among them, but... Batseba, I think. Batseba, from the Old Testament. Helen of Troy, the Chinese siren I can't pronounce this, it's Chinese, H-S-I-S-H-I, and the greatest of them all, Cleopatra, invented seduction. First, they would draw a man in with an alluring appearance, designing their makeup and adornment to fashion the image of of a goddess come to life. 
By showing only glimpses of flesh, they would tease a man's imagination, stimulating the desire not just for sex but for something greater, the chance to possess a fantasy figure. Once they had their victim's interest, these women would lure them away from the, from the masculine world of war and politics and get them to spend time in the feminine world, a world of luxury, spectacle and pleasure. They might also lead them astray, literally taking them on a journey as Cleopatra lured Julius Caesar on a trip down the Nile. Men would grow hooked on these refined sensual pleasures, they would fall in love. But then invariably the women would turn cold and indifferent, confusing their victims. Just when the men wanted more, they found their pleasures withdrawn. They would be forced into pursuit, trying anything to win back the favors they once had and tasted and growing weak and emotional in the process. Men who had physical force and all the social power, men like King David, the Trojan Paris, Julius Caesar, Mark Antony, King Fu Chai would find themselves becoming the slave of a woman. In the face of violence and brutality, these women made seduction a sophisticated art, the ultimate form of power and persuasion. They learned to work on the mind first, stimulating fantasies, keeping a man wanting more, creating patterns of hope and despair, the essence of seduction. The, their power was not physical but psychological, not forceful but indirect and cunning. These first great seductresses were like military generals planning the destruction of an enemy. And indeed, early accounts of seduction often compared to, to, to battle, the feminine version of warfare. For Cleopatra, it was a means of consolidating an empire. In seduction, the woman was no longer a passive sex object. She had become an active agent, a figure of power. That's, that's been a very interesting read. I think it's self-explanatory and very interesting. I like the way things are worded here. Um, I think <laughs> think it's obvious that I'm a freak for how things word, are, are like worded and stuff. So that, it's been a nice read so far. Um, with a few exceptions, the Latin poet Ovid, the medieval troubadours, Men did, not mu men did not much concern themselves with such a frivolous art as seduction. Then in the 17th century came a great change. Men grew interested in seduction as a way to overcome a young woman's resistance to sex. History's first great male seducers, the Duc de Lausanne, the different Spaniards who inspired the, the Don Juan, Don Juan, I'm assuming since it's Spanish, Don Juan legend began to adopt these methods traditionally employed by women. They learned to dazzle the methods traditionally, no, they learned to dazzle with their appearance, often androgynous in nature, to, to stimulate their imagination, to play the coquette. That's very interesting actually, the fact that they were like androgynous instead of like you would think you would really think that to to like attract women you would have to be like you know the archetypal masculine type of figure but in actual fact it's it's, it's turning out to like i can see definitely how androgyny would freaking work i can see how androgyny would work but anyway um they also added a new masculine element to the game 
seductive language for they had discovered a woman's weakness for soft words. These two forms of seduction, the feminine use of appearance and the masculine use of, in, of language, would often cross gender lines. Casanova would dazzle a woman with his clothes. Ninon del Enclos would charm a man with her words. Hmm. At the same time that men were developing their version of seduction, others began to adapt the, adapt the art for social purposes. As Europe's feudal system of government faded into the past, courtiers needed to get their way into court without using, but without using force. They learned the power to be gained by seducing their superiors and competitors through psychological games, soft words, a little coquetry. As culture became democratized, actors, dandies, and artists came to use the tactics of seduction as a way to charm and win over their audience and social milieu. In the 19th century, another great change occurred. The politicians like Napoleon consciously saw themselves as seducers on a grand scale. These men depended on the art of, on the art of seductive oratory, but they also mastered what had once been feminine strategies, staging vast spectacles, using theatrical, theatrical devices, creating a charged physical presence, all this they learned was the essence of charisma and remains so today by seducing masses they could accumulate immense power without the use of force today we have reached the ultimate point in the evolution of seduction now more than ever force or brutality of any kind is discouraged all areas of social life require the ability to persuade people in a way that does not offend or impose itself Forms of seduction can be found everywhere, blending male and female strategies. Advertisements insinuate the soft cell dominates. If we are to change people's opinions and affecting opinion is basic to seduction, we must act in subtle, subliminal ways. Today, no political campaign can work without seduction. Since the era of John F. Kennedy, political figures are required to have a degree in charisma, a fascinating presence to keep their audience their audience's attention, which is half the battle. The film and, and media, the film world and media, create a galaxy of seductive of seductive stars and images. We are saturated in the seductive. But if, but if, but even if much has changed, but even if much has changed in degree and scope, the essence of seduction is constant, never forceful or direct. Instead, use pleasure as bait, playing on people's emotions, stirring desire and confusion, introducing psychological surrender. In seduction, as it is practiced today, the methods of Cleopatra still hold. People are constantly trying to influence us to tell us what to do, and just as often as we tune them out, resist excuse me, resisting their attempts at persuasion. There is a moment in our lives, however, when we all act differently, when we are in love. We fall under a kind of spell. Our minds are usually preoccupied with our own concerns. Now they become filled with thoughts of the loved one. We grow emotional, lose the lack of ability to think straight, act in foolish ways that we would never do otherwise. If this goes on long enough, something inside us gives way. We surrender to the will of the loved one and our desire to possess them. That's another very scary phrase. Our desire to possess them. Our desire to possess them. 
that's a very scary line but anyway um it's very scary because to a certain extent i cannot disagree and a very weird human being that i learned very weird things from at very weird times once said like of all the love languages that might exist and however y'all might want to phrase them you cannot you cannot overlook how massive the love language of possession really would be over all of them you absolutely cannot you cannot disregard it and he wasn't wrong about that at all because like as much as i've been personally wanting to get rid of that feeling of possessing people of like possessing people the idea of people the the idea of the relation to those people like wanting to have possession of that is unrealistic i feel like i've been trying to get myself to that point to where i'm like it's unrealistic you don't own another another human being so you can't be you really can't be acting that way but another thing that i've also been asking myself is like is this really human nature is it really nature versus nurture or have we been nurturing this very this very sick trait have we been like have we been letting it fester in like human relations where you feel now that it's a given that you pos- like you are like you possess people your desire to possess them at the very least if you don't already possess them you want to possess them or is possess a very strong word like are we using are we using possess in in substitution for different words like could we used like you know what it's a mess <laughs> it's a mess um let's carry on seducers are people who understand the tremendous power contained in such moments of surrender they analyze what happens when people are in love study the psychological components of the process what spurs their imagination what casts a spell by instinct and through practice they master the art of making people fall in love as the first seductress is new it's much more effective to to create love than lust a person in love is emotional pliable and easily misled the origin of the word seduction is latin for lead astray a person in lust is harder to control once satisfied they may easily leave you seducers take their time create enchantment and bonds of love so that when sex ensues it only further enslaves the victim creating love and enchantment becomes the model for all seductions sexual political social a person in love will surrender it is pointless to try to argue against such an to, against such power to imagine that you are not interested in it or that it is evil and ugly <laughs> the harder you try to resist the lure of seduction as an idea as a form of power the more you will find yourself fascinated the reason is simple most of us have known the power of having someone fall in love with us our actions gestures the things we say all have positive effects on this person we not we may not completely understand what we have done right but this feeling of power is intoxicating it gives us confidence which makes us even more seductive we may we may also experience this in social or work settings one day we're in an elevated mood and people seem more responsive more charmed by us these moments of power are fleeting 
but they resonate in the memory with great intensity. We want them back. Nobody likes to feel awkward or timid or unable to reach people. The siren call of seduction is irresistible because power is irresistible and nothing will bring you more power in the modern world than the ability to seduce. Repressing the desire to seduce is a, is a kind of hysterical reaction, revealing your own deep fascination with the process. You are only making your desires, your desires stronger. And I think that's kind of what I was like saying in the beginning. Like, I do have a fascination with dog psychology, but I'm not a fan of how easily accessible it is and how dangerous it could be in the wrong hands. But it's like, okay, I can't necessarily say it's almost as if me not one. It's not that I'm not recognizing how powerful it is. Definitely I do. But it's just my apprehension about it and my hate for, I guess you could say my hate for its existence because it really, I wouldn't like to feel like an idiot. I wouldn't like to feel like putty in somebody's hands. And I feel like this gives you the ability to make people idiots. It gives you the ability to make people putty in your hands. And definitely people are not gonna afford me that same courtesy of not making me an idiot purely because I don't want to make them an idiot that's definitely not how the modern world works but like it's just it's a mess it's a mess but I've never denied my fascination with dark with dark psychology or psychology in general so I guess I was low-key triggered by that since I felt the need to like explain myself which is interesting interesting anyway someday they will come to the surface to have such power does not require a total transformation in your character or on any kind of physical improvement in your looks seduction is a game of psychology not beauty and it is within grasp is within the grasp of any person to become a master at the game all that is required is that you look at the world differently through the eyes of a seducer a seducer does not turn the power off and on every social and personal interaction is seen as a potential seduction there is never a moment to waste this is for several reasons the power seducers have over a man or woman works in social environments because they have learned how to tone down the sexual element without getting rid of it. We may think we see through them, but they are so pleasant to be around anyway that it does not matter. Trying to divide your life into moments in which you seduce and others which you hold back will only confuse and constrain you. Erotic desire and love lurk beneath the surface of almost every human encounter. Better to give off free reign to your skills than to try to use them only in the bedroom. In fact, the seducer sees the world as his or her bedroom. This attitude creates seductive momentum and with each seduction, you gain experience and practice. One social or sexual seduction makes the next one easier. Your confidence growing and making you more alluring. People are drawn to you in greater numbers and as the seducer's aura descends upon you. Yikes, sounds like a lot. Sounds like a very busy life. Sounds too intense. I don't want to have the energy for that. <laughs> no. Do right and easy. But anyway. Um, 
Seducers have a warrior's outlook on life. They see each person as a kind of walled castle into which they are laying siege. Seduction is a process of penetration, initially penetrating the target's mind, their first point of defense. Once seducers have penetrated the mind, making the target fantasize about them, it's easier to lower the resistance and create physical surrender. Seducers do not improvise, they do not leave this process to chance. Like any good general, they plan and strategize, aiming at the target's particular weaknesses. The main obstacle of becoming a seducer is this foolish prejudice we have of seeing love and romance as some kind of sacred, magical realm where things just fall into place if they are meant to. This might seem romantic and quaint, but it is really just a cover for our laziness. I feel very, very weird about that, that those few sentences right there. I'm, I don't think, I feel very weird about that. I'm not a fan. He said, the main obstacle to becoming a seducer is this foolish prejudice we have of seeing love and romance as some kind of sacred, magical realm where things fall into place in the, if they're meant to. This might seem romantic and quaint, but it is really just the cover for our laziness, is what this guy said. Okay, I'm trying to like figure out why this phrase bothers me so much. And I'm not really finding quite solid reasoning right now, so maybe I'm just touched by it. Maybe there is some kind of truth to it. That's why I'm touched by it. That's why I have no really solid backing for why I don't like it. But I know I don't like it. I know I'm not a fan. I know I'm not a fan. Because as much as we think that things will fall into place if they're meant to. It's definitely not saying that we still don't work on... On... On the love and the romance that's definitely not what it means so i don't know why he's saying we use this as a cover for our laziness because in a sense we also like i feel like we see love and romance as voluntary we don't see we meaning me we don't see love as something that is to be induced, something that is to be conquered, because then it's not involuntary. That means you basically just forced someone into loving you. No one wants to be forced into loving anyone. It doesn't feel as organic as, as just having somebody fall in love with you out of their own choice. Not that you penetrated their minds and made them feel some type of way, because even like yeah that's why i'm touched about this it's involuntary when you are seducing you are making that person fall involuntarily in love with you now the question is is voluntary is like is it is it the same thing them voluntarily falling in love and like them involuntarily falling in love is it the same thing is it different how is it different because naturally i haven't i i haven't consciously seduced a person so as to like observe the difference between voluntary falling in love and involuntary falling in love so i can't really tell like is there a difference in intensity is there a difference in 
I don't know how long it lasts what I don't know what the difference is but definitely I'm just saying I'm not a fan of what he said about how we see it as sacred and magical realm as a cover for our laziness I don't agree with that as with that at all I think I personally think I, it's definitely something sacred and highly magical in how organic it really could be so when you put seduction to it it takes away that element of of organic or that organic energy to it and so that kind of like reduces the magical the magical element in it as well because now you are replacing magic with fascination for how you seducing somebody and like what the results turned out to be you're just fascinated by how how your strategy worked you're not you're not having that magical appreciation for it or that magical wonder about it it's just you being like ooh this worked how did this work can i edit it to like work like this or like how can i it's just it's fascination i don't think fascination and and wonder are the same thing i don't think those are the same thing like even more so because i feel like there's very specific words for very specific energies and if fascination and wonder was the same thing there would just be one word for fascination and wonder it wouldn't be two separate words fascination and wonder it would be one word so it's very different things fascination and wonder but anyway that's just me on that and i don't agree with that at all but anyway um this might seem romantic and quaint but it is really just a cover for our laziness what will seduce a person is the effort we expend on their behalf showing how much we care how much they are worth leaving things to chance is a recipe for disaster and reveals that we not that we do not take love and romance very seriously it was the effort casanova expended i don't know casanova i don't well i know they, it is like a historical story but i have never heard of it but yeah uh it was the effort Cas- casanova expended the artfulness he applied to each affair that made him so devil- devilishly seductive falling in love is not is a matter of not magic but of psychology once you understand your target psychology and strategize to suit it you will better be able to cast a magical spell the seducer sees love not as sacred but as warfare where all is fair seducers are never self-absorbed their gaze is directly outwards not inwards when they meet someone for the first <laughs> when they meet someone their first move is to get inside that person's skin to see the world through their eyes the reasons for this are several first self-absorption is a sign of insecurity it is anti-seductive everyone has insecurities but seducers manage to ignore them finding therapy for moments of self-doubt by being absorbed in the world this gives them a buoyant spirit we want to be around them second getting into someone's skin imagining what it is what it's like to be them helps the seducer gather valuable information learn what makes that person tick what will make them lose their ability to think straight and fall into a trap 
Armed with such information, they can provide focused and individualized attention, a rare commodity in a world in which most people see us only from behind the screen of their own prejudices. Getting into the target skin is the first important tactical move in the war of penetration. Seducers see themselves as providers of pleasure, like the bees that gather pollen from some flowers and deliver it to others. As children, we mostly devoted our lives to play and pleasure. Adults often have things, have feelings of being cut off from this paradise, of being weighed down by responsibilities. The seducer knows that people are waiting for pleasure. They never get enough of it from their lovers and friends, and they cannot get it by themselves. A person who enters their lives offering adventure and romance cannot be resisted. Pleasure is a feeling of being taken past our limits, of being overwhelmed by another person, by an experience. People are dying to be overwhelmed, to let go of their usual stubbornness. Sometimes their resistance to us is a way of saying, please seduce me. <laughs> Seducers know that the possibility of pleasure will, will make a person follow them and the experience of it will make someone open up, weak to the touch. They also train themselves to be sensitive to pleasure, knowing that feeling pleasure themselves will make it that much easier for them to infect the people around them. A seducer sees life, sees all of life as theater. Everyone is an actor. Most people feel they have constricted roles in life which makes them unhappy. Seducers on the other hand can be anyone and can assume many roles. The archetype here is that is the god Zeus, insatiable seducer of young maidens, whose main weapon was the ability to assume the form of whatever person or animal would most appeal to his victim. Seducers take pleasure in performing and are not weighed down by their identity or by some need to be themselves or to be natural. This freedom of theirs, this fluidity in body and spirit is what makes them attractive. What people lack in life is not more reality, but illusion, fantasy, play. The, con the clothes that seducers wear, the places they take you to, their words and actions are slightly heightened, not overly theatrical, but with a delightful edge of unreality. As if the two of you were living out of a piece of fiction or were characters in, or were characters in a film. Seduction is a kind of theater in real life, the meeting of illusion and reality. Finally, seducers are com completely amoral in their approach to life. It is a game, an arena for play. Knowing that the moralists, the crabbed, repressed types who croak about the evils of the seducer, secretly envy their power. They do not concern themselves with other people's opinions. They do not deal in moral judgments. Nothing could be less seductive. Everything is pliant, fluid, like life itself. Seduction is a form of deception, but people want to be led astray. They yearn to be seduced. If they didn't, seducers would not find so many willing victims. Get rid of any moralizing tendencies, adopt the seducer's playful philosophy, and you will find the rest of the process easy and natural. How creepy is this? Like, you know what, it's, it's very humorous and amusing to read, but like really and truly, it feels so creepy.
like that whole get rid of any moralizing tendencies adopt the seduces playful playful philosophy and you will find the the rest of the process easy and natural like just like get rid of get rid of the morals like loosen up it just sounds so creepy like i said what i said it sounds creepy it sounds thoroughly and completely creepy but we shall trod on we shall read on let me see how far into this preface i am okay i'm basically like almost done with it so let me let me let me finish it off and yeah um the art of design of wow the art of seduction is designed to arm you with the weapons of persuasion and charm so that those around you will slowly lose their ability to resist without knowing how or why it has happened it is an act of war for delicate times every seduction has two elements that you must analyze and understand first yourself and what it is and what is seductive about you and second your target and the actions that will penetrate their defenses and create surrender two sides are equally the two sides are equally important if you strategize without a pay, without paying attention to the parts of your character that people that draw people to you you will only be seen as a mechanical seducer slimy and manipulative if you rely on your seductive personality without paying attention to the other person you will make terrible mistakes and limit your potential consequently the art of seduction is divided into two parts the first half the seductive character describes the nine types of seducer plus the anti-seducer studying these types will make you aware of what is inherently seductive in your character the basic building blocks of any seduction the second half the seductive process includes 24 maneuvers and strategies that will instruct you on how to create a spell break down people's resistance give moment and force give movement and force to your seduction and induce surrender in your target as a kind of bridge between the two parts there is a t- there is a chapter on the 18 types of victims of a seduction each of them missing something from their lives each cradling an emptiness you can fill knowing what type you are dealing with will help you put into practice the ideas in both sections ignore any part of this book and you will become an incomplete seducer Ooh, don't disregard any part of this guide but anyway uh, the ideas and strategies in the art of seduction are based on the writing and historical historical accounts of the most successful seducers in history the sources include the seducers own memoirs by casanova errol flynn natalie barney marilyn monroe biographies of cleopatra joseph josephine bonaparte john f kennedy duke ellington handbooks on the subject most notably ovid's art of love and fis- and fictional accounts of seductions chaudhar los de la clos dangerously o- liaison uh, kickerguards the seducer's li- diary murasaki shikibu shikibu's the tale of genji 
The heroes and heroines of these literally literary works are generally modeled on real life seducers. The strategies they employ reveal the intimate connection between fi- between fiction and seduction, creating illusion and leading a person along. In putting the book's lessons into practice, you will be following in the path of the greatest masters of the art. Finally, the spirit that will make you a, consume, a, consume, a consummate seducer is the spirit in which you should read this book. Excuse me. The French writer Dernis Diderot once wrote, I give my mind the liberty to follow the first wise or foolish idea that presents itself, just as in the Avenue de Foy, our dissolute youths follow close on the heels of some strumpet, then leave her to pursue another, attacking all of them and and attaching themselves to none. My thoughts are my strumpets. He meant that he let himself be seduced by ideas, following whichever one caught his fancy until a better one came along. His thoughts infused with a kind of sexual excitement. Once you enter these pages, do as Diderot advised. Let yourself be lured by the stories and ideas, your mind open and your thoughts fluid. Slowly you will find yourself absorbing the poison through the skin and you will begin to see everything as a seduction including the way you think and how you look at the world and then there's like an ending quote says most virtue is a demand for greater seduction by natalie barney so yeah that was kind of creepy i feel compelled to like google if like to google what kind of a human being robert green really is like to the point where you actively encourage people to be to not be critical of your work to not be critical of your writing and your strategies and your information i guess you could say yeah it's him being confident and trusting his work and trusting that his processes and strategies work but still like generally people encourage you to be critical of what they are saying don't just take it to heart and just like follow it without really reducing it to base blocks that you can understand and peg at and really really get into it he's just saying no just whatever tickles your fancy follow it don't question it don't be or maybe i'm misreading this like he's just it feels very creepy feels very very creepy it feels like a pedophile is training an apprentice to like how to like seduce and rape kids that's a terrible example excuse me um let me try and think of another one it just feels wrong it feels like somebody knows that what they are what they are trying to teach you and tell you is wrong and so they tell you just don't question it just do it just like just like do it and you'll see and they know that what they what they're trying to get you to do and what they're trying to teach you is wrong and they feel like they might just be feeling like if you question it you will find the loopholes in it and you will like have objections to it that's how it's feeling like right now that's almost like it feels creepy it feels so creepy but maybe that's just me reading too much into it but 
me just trying to justify that maybe I'm just being crazy about it is also my is also probably me making the wrong moves here. But yeah, this was just weird. <laughs> this was very 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 weird. But I will continue to read it, but I will not be like he tells us to be to not be questioning his shit i'm a forever beast i'ma stay lurking okay i'ma stay watching um yeah i think that was a good read it was it was a good enough read it wasn't exactly what i was looking for but it was a good enough read highly controversial i really feel like googling like i really feel like googling this guy because i feel so weird about this but um yeah thank you for listening in on me reading and listening to me venting about how trash some of the things here are <laughs> mm, i'd like to say most but some of the things here are because i haven't read the whole thing obviously i've only read the preface but thank you for listening and i will catch you on another episode in which i will probably be reading part one the seductive character and the seduces yeah you know the the seductive character and yeah i'll catch you on the next episode bye bye